Writers on Craft. I'm Suzanne Legrand, and today I'm speaking with poet, filmmaker, and community educator Octaviano Merecias Cuevas. Welcome. Hello, Suzanne. Thank you for inviting me. I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about your own personal journey. Um, you were born in Oaxaca and you live uh, in Oregon now. How did you become a poet and how did you make your way to Oregon? Basically, uh, we arrived here uh, in the 1980s with my parents. Uh, my dad has been uh, in Oregon, back and forth from Oregon and Oaxaca. Uh, my dad used to um, work and still works in the fields in Cornelius and Forest Grove area. And uh, he decided to move the family here because of uh, things were getting a little rough down in Mexico and so on. So we moved to a um, um, Forest Grove. Uh, we moved to a, uh, we worked in Cornelius, Oregon. Uh, started working in, you know, different places, the canneries and fields and, and going to school there, you know. So I arrived at uh, Forest Grove High School. And, uh, yeah. So that was the journey of coming here to a, uh, a, a set up a new life in a sense, right? To begin again with the family. So, uh in a why did I become or how did I become a poet? Um, wow, it's an interesting thing. It's a um, um, long time ago when I was a little uh, kid. My dad used to always uh, push me to be part of the poetry movement in the mixtec region. There they used to have a competition of declamation. So pretty much the kids in the middle uh, elementary school or so on, they will memorize a, a poem and they will perform it in front of like an audience. And it was sort of a big event. And I was so shy. It's so amazing how I change now. Now that I look at myself, older people won't say that I'm a shy person. But w when I was little, when I was in elementary school, in kindergarten, I just didn't say much. And suddenly after my dad started pushing me in, sort of, uh, he never went to school. And, uh, but he learned how to read and write when he was old, at the, you know, as an adult. He always pushed me to be involved in school. He was very involved in school. One of the parents that wanted always visited uh, the teachers, always visited me, and always. And I was like, oh gosh, here's my dad again, you know. But he always pushed me, and it was. Um, my mom was very supportive in many aspects, but my dad was the one that was most supportive in the school setting. So he said, you know, you have to be, you have to memorize this. You have to give everything that you can. And I'm saying, no, Dad, but I, I don't, I don't like this, you know. But and uh, slow, slowly, time passed, and I came to Oregon. The immigrant experience—it's full of uh, different worlds, right? And within your head, you have nostalgia for a place that you missed a lot, like a childhood for everybody, or almost everybody. Sort of like a beautiful place that you not want to let go of. Also, a uh, the experience that you see as we are migrating from Mexico throughout the Mexico in the border, for example, in Tijuana. I saw many things. See that Juarez, for example. We I saw many things and. I am a person that is always very impacted by the, the, the things that happen in every day, especially the lives of people. And also the stories that uh, migrants were, uh, my, my uncles, my, my, my aunts used to bring back to the Mixteca region about the United States, you know, the good things and the bad things. I come here and I'm observing in that story all day, yeah, sort of like a movie, you know, it's passing in real time. And I'm thinking, I got to do something, you know, is. I gotta write, I gotta, I gotta draw, I gotta let these things that are 
inside me come out some way, right? Whether it's in a writing forum or whether it's in a in an artistic forum of some other kind, right? Music or so on. And in college is when sort of I got to know the group. It's called the um, Black Poet Society. And the Black Poet Society started, started as, as a group of a uh, multicultural group of writers and poets. And most of the people were either from Eastern Oregon, from the coast, from Portland, from the rural areas and from the city. And they were Native Americans. They were African Americans, Latinos from the LGBTQXWE community. It was, it was an amazing group. And that was the niche. That was sort of like the family that sort of provided me that's a energy, that internal thing of saying it's okay to say these things. It's okay to write it. And we started participating in poetry slams in, in uh, the campus for Oregon State University outside of the campus in Eugene in Portland. And then from there, I uh, started uh, encountering more people, especially the Chicano writers, right? And then uh, talking to more, especially my mentors, Dr. Ingram at Oregon State University. He was a uh, one of my mentors that always pushed me and also people from uh, the Ethnic Studies Department uh, and also friends, especially friends from the community, retired writers and poets uh, uh, that I used to uh, gather around at bars or coffee shops or, or somewhere in events. And, and they say, you know what, you have a voice. Would you read one of your poems? Let me find here in my files a poem that I wrote. And this is called Be'e in Mixtec, my native language from Oaxaca. It's home. Casa in Spanish, my second language is home, and be and home in English. It's the place where we see as our seeds as our place, right? So it starts like this. Ni inchayo ichinyu mayo. Chantikanti hinayo. Ni incha. Chakitin takunhio, ni cha, chaha, chakwa, chaaki, hio, ni inchayo ichija, nyu mayoku. Line up dirty and tired from the journeys. When we first moved here, I found this flag like a dying elder waiting to be buried in clouds. I felt the texture of home like a baby hugging the blanket on the dusty roads of desert and fears, on the dark sounds of rivers and winters in the whispering of our names in papers. Like secret humans, we watched and dreamed, hiding from the captors and the tyrants. We build a church under the trees. In times of strawberries and butterflies, in times of license to walk and passports to dreams, in times of songs of peace and cyber prayers of war, by the end of the fall. Somebody took my saints of language away, and the house by the falls fell like an upstream salmon, and here 
I'm bearing my stars like souls behind bars on the day of the Lord. Somebody took my parents away while the letters of my brothers across the sea flew in like memories of home in times of war. While along I sang philosophy and theology, engraving stones of glories in imaginary schools. I want to go to school. Aquí donde los momentos vuelan detrás del presente y la historia se enrolla como libro de sueño. En este rincón existe el nido de aliento verde y sumergido como luz que brota entre cascadas de escritos y canciones. Aquí donde la lluvia sigue esperando la bendición de la primavera, entre árboles que cantan y manos que derraman caminos, yo sigo dibujando huellas del futuro en la arena de Oregón. El ayer duerme en su cuna de música y montañas. El presente se viste de caminos y tropiezos en el desierto, viendo que el futuro nos espera, saludando el viento en el valle. Mi gente corre para no fracasar y vuela para no soñar. When we first moved here, I found this flag with wounds. We are suing each truth together. If they take me away, plant it. Soon it will become a flower. This is our temple, Be Casa, a place we call home. Ni in Chayu, Ichi Be Mayo. Thank you. Thank you. You do a lot of what you would call language activism. Could you talk about what language activism is and how that's related to you being a trilingual poet? I never considered myself a poet, never introduced myself as a poet, never introduced myself as a writer, just like a person that used to participate in poetry slams with the different writing groups, that's it. Then I moved to Portland three years ago. I think I saw firsthand how my language was a uh, slowly a uh, disappearing in many communities uh, where mixed echoes have migrated, and not only that, but that's a language that is is three thousand and so and more years old. So the process of colonization in Mexico was first to get rid of the language, right? It happened through many ways. Whether it is language policy, whether it is a uh, you know direct uh, contact and uh, using force and so on, or whether it is more a subtle things like sending a um, teachers to only teach Spanish, sort of like creating the boarding school mentality of get rid of the language, which and that's how it created this stigma, this psychological sort of internal oppression for a lot of people that they thought you know what to get a job really you have to speak Spanish to advance in life and to be successful you have to speak Spanish. You have to strip down from your own language to move out there in the real world, you know, which is outside of our region. And I always challenge that notion in my writings. I challenge it. I, I, and when I've tried to tag in 
mixtape with people sort of they, they didn't want to talk because you know it's like oh what would people around us think a lot of them especially at that age 16 to 18 you don't want to show that you're from an indigenous a, a, a region because it equals to you know being ignorant equals to being you know backwards and so on all these derogatory terms that are always used so i say you know what i gotta stop this you know i am mixed i am an indigenous person i can speak spanish and i can speak english and i can speak portuguese i gotta do my own activism through my writings and that's how I started writing in Mixtec, in Spanish, and in English. I attended a course all the way in California. I drove all the way down to learn how to teach other people how to write the language, right? Many people might say that um, my struggle, it's, you know, it's sort of a lost cause. I don't think so. I see young people and I see hope. I see Facebook writings in Mixtec. I see songs in Mixtec. I see young people reclaiming their identity. I see young people reaffirming their identity of, yes, I live in the United States, in Oregon. I also speak Spanish, but also my roots is from the Mixtec region. That's a beautiful thing. It's I have all these beautiful things from three different worlds in one, you know, and that's really drives me to write and to give me the sense of this is what I need to do. So what's the difference between... Writing a poem in one language and translating it into another or a third language and including all of the languages in the same poem. In the same poem. Okay. What I do, it's a... Uh, it's which, an, is what, which is what you do. You're yeah. a trilingual po- yeah. poet. You include... Yeah, three languages. Yeah, I'm, when I first started in, uh, with different movements, one of my, um, my influences were a lot of the corridos and sort of the ballads of uh, the, the countryside and also hip-hop, especially underground hip-hop, right? And uh, good friends of mine like March Fort and other people uh, uh, that are sort of like influence, uh, sort of big MC. Uh, here in the region uh, when we used to get together we used to do sort of freestyle rhyming and so on so I was thinking I was always saying poesia mixta or mixed poetry that was me because I used to throw in some Spanish some English some mixed echo and in a sense I was thinking okay now I got to put it in a more structured way right meaning that my way of writing is you have three languages in one you can take one and two languages, it will be the sequence of the second one. So meaning that two of them can stand alone. You can take the third, the second one and the last one by itself, one, it can stand alone. So basically the three can make one whole poem, two can make one, uh, and then or one can make the whole thing. So it's in a sense, it's kind of like a puzzle where like you can take... No matter which one you take, all of them will make sense. It's a sequence of one to the other because in, they are in the same theme. And But the real thing behind it, it's because um, um, rather than just, uh, they ask me, why don't you just read in mixtec? And I say, um, you won't understand the message that I'm sending to myself. And the purpose is that you get the message. I read in the mixtec region with people, with young people especially, and older people at the crazy bar or at the gathering with kids at the Mixtec region, beautiful thing out there without electricity, just sitting down and and, and, and reading, reading a uh, language uh, in Mixtec and and, and, and my pronunciation of certain words in Mixtec have an accent and so that's, that's a way of, the, you know, they give me feedback, but they like 
the beautiful message of an idea of somebody in the United States. It's writing in Mixteco. That give us like, wow, this is cool. We got to do this, you know. And um, another thing is in Spanish, for example, when I read, I send a message. In English, the same thing. And um, I always refuse of just being an entertainer because no matter what you do, your people will take you as an entertainer. But if they can take away a message still in that same context, then that's a good thing. And that's a purpose. Could you tell us, for people who are interested out there, how they can find out more about your work? Yeah, yeah, they can uh, pretty much find some of uh, my works on Facebook. So it's facebook.com slash O-C-T-A-V as in Victor, I-A-N-O dot M as in Mary, E-R-E-C-I-A-S. Thank you so much. I've been talking with poet, filmmaker, and community educator Octaviano Merecias Cuevas. For more interviews with writers about the craft of writing and the creative process, you can go to www.writersoncraft.com or you can go to the KBU website, kbu.fm slash writersoncraft. 